I want to talk to you about something really important, and that's women's health. And in my practice, I see so many women who put others first. They take care of their kids, their partners, their parents, their friends, and as a result, their own health falls to the wayside. That is the voice of Dr. Mark Hyman. He is the host of one of my favorite podcasts called The Doctor's Pharmacy, and it's pharmacy with an F, F-A-R-M. And this is Stacy Julian with episode 38 of Exactly Enough Time. Exactly Enough Time is a podcast about being present. It's about recognizing the time you have to enjoy the people, places, and things important to you. Did you know? We can choose to be curious and playful, to live with intention, and to create connection. I am a life enthusiast and a believer. I tell stories, and I'm so grateful that you're here. Thanks for listening. Okay, I'm excited. Today I'm going to share with you a little of my personal health journey with a focus on food. And I am for sure going to link to Dr. Mark Hyman's podcast along with a few others that have been very helpful to me. But before we dive into that conversation, okay, guess what just happened? I totally recorded my little intro. And I got to the part where I say what episode number it is, and my mind went blank. And then I was really fast in my head. I'm like, okay, it's probably episode 37. And then I had to stop the recording and go look. And guess what? Episode 37 was last week. Okay, that's kind of a milestone. That means I've been podcasting long enough that I can't remember what number I'm on. Yay for that kind of confusion, right? Super exciting, at least for me. And I just really appreciate that you're listening. I want to share one of the reviews that came in this week on iTunes. This is from Sharon S. Stacy, I'm so enjoying your podcast. I'm caught up with everything current and I'm going back to listen to earlier shows. Something resonates every single time. Thanks. <gasps> Thank you, Sharon. And some of you are sending me speak pipe messages like this one. Hi, Stacy. This is Peggy in Colorado. There's so much I'd love to talk to you about. I love the new podcast, and I love everything that you always present. I did want to chime in on this Instagram conversation. You inspired me to take a moment to take a look at all of the people I was following. And a lot of them aren't uh, producing uh, content anymore. And so I'm making an effort to reduce the number of folks that I'm following to be more intentional about who it is that I'm spending my time with. I'm also considering a fast similar to what you've done. And I appreciate the inspiration. Keep doing what you're doing. You rock. Okay, Peggy and Sharon, you both rock. And I am going to send both of you a story starter kit from the Story by Stacy line that I have created with Close to My Heart. And I have another really good idea. 
because I love positive reviews on iTunes and I love speak pipe messages for one week. Okay. For one week, starting today between October 17th, 2019 and October 24th, 2019, I am going to put your name in a basket and I'm going to draw one of you to receive the entire collection of story by Stacy products. That's three kits and a how-to book and a whole bunch of other cool products, including stamps. The whole thing is going to go to one person, but I need you guys to help me out. I want reviews and I want speak pipe messages. Okay. More about that at the very end. For now, let's talk about being healthier. All right, you guys. I, um, I'd like to say that I'm not an expert in this area, but actually I kind of am. And here's why, because when I went to college, I actually majored in exercise science. Um, I, it was a PE major. I love to say that I was a PE major, but I was a PE major with a science emphasis. So I took anatomy and kinesiology and physiology and nutrition and all kinds of crazy hard classes like that. And I got a bachelor of science degree. I moved with my husband to Chicago. He attended medical school and I worked in a cardiac rehab center. I actually worked with patients who had had some kind of cardiac experience, unfavorable cardiac experience. And I helped them create the optimal diet. I taught them how to replace their butter with margarine and how to use egg whites instead of whole eggs. I put them on an exercise program. I would visit with them when they would come to the center to work out once a week and I would check in with them and make sure that everything was going well and I'd help them make positive changes. I studied the food pyramid. I taught the food pyramid and I personally lived the food pyramid. And I thought everything was happy and healthy. I ate lots of whole grains and vegetables and fruits and low fat dairy, and then some meat and beans. What I didn't eat was fat. When I popped popcorn, I put water in a spray bottle and I spritzed my popcorn and then salted it. And I remember the day that I went to the grocery store and I saw Intamin's fat-free chocolate cake. And shortly after that, Snackwell's fat-free cookies. So now I even could have healthy snacks from time to time. I was very careful. I didn't overdo it, but I was so thrilled that I now had fat-free options for snacking. I ate healthy and I exercised regularly. I had studied this and I knew what to do and life was good for a long time. I had four children. I did have um, some cancer. I had a cancerous tumor right after my first son was born and that came back a little bit later and that's another story for another day. But truly, I thought all was well. As long as I could eat my brownies, then I would jog to earn those brownies. Life was good. Things were busy for sure. My children were growing. I had work that I loved. I was able to travel and contribute to the lives of others in ways that I found meaningful. 
And I could seemingly do it all because I had priorities. I had learned in college and before that, that if I prioritized exercise and healthy eating, then I would have the energy and the capacity to be able to do all of the things that I loved. And that was my story until about 2009 when things began to unravel. And I promise not to drag you through all the gory details because I want to get to the part where I get to share some of the things that I've learned about being truly healthier. So let's just say that by the end of 2009, I knew something was up. I felt yucky most of the time, drained, no energy. I wasn't the up, bubbly, happy I can do it all Stacy anymore. I was foggy and I was tired and I couldn't concentrate. I was so tired, but then when I went to bed, I couldn't sleep. It's actually called tired and wired and it's a thing. I was sad. I was unmotivated. I felt empty and I felt anxious. Much of the time, I couldn't generate a deep cleansing breath. I was scared. I thought perhaps the person that I had come to know as me was gone forever. I actually taught a class at Big Picture Classes around this time. It was a workshop and I asked students to begin by filling in several blanks, completing the sentences. So for example, I was, and then they would fill in the blank. So I was, I went, I once, Um, I am, and then know, love, believe, wonder, and will. And we took these sentences and we found photos that represented each of the sentiments that we had created. And then the class focused on writing in a very introspective way. Looking back, I have to believe that this project was coming from deep inside of me and from my yearning to find answers to the things that I was struggling with. I want to read you just my first entry in this scrapbook. It's the I was line. Okay, here you go. I was tired in my bones and in my heart and in my spirit. I was tired in my marriage and in my family. I was even tired in the morning. I went through the motions. I tried to eat better. I tried to exercise differently. I tried sleeping more, but none of that helped. I wondered if I was tired of winter, but then spring came and I was even more tired. Mostly, I was tired of my head and all the negative feelings, emotions, and made up conversations. Was I depressed? Would I ever feel like Stacy again? Welcome to 2010. What a way to start a new year, right? (laughs) So it wasn't long after that that I made an appointment with my internist and she listened to me. She ran some tests and they came back with a very positive result that I was, as she put it, 100% healthy. I went and sat in my car and cried. Gratefully, she did order a hormone panel and I ended up next at a nurse practitioner's office who was doing some work at a local pharmacy with hormone replacement therapies. It was this nurse that first suggested that I might want to remove gluten from my diet. 
And I thought, yeah, I can do that. And I did it for a full week, but not before I stopped at Trader Joe's on my way home and bought all kinds of gluten-free treats to replace the gluten with. And after two weeks, I decided gluten really wasn't the problem. Because can you actually live without bread? Looking back now, I giggle because replacing gluten with highly processed gluten-free treats and giving it my all for 14 days was simply not the right thing to do. But this was a turning point. This is when I began to understand more about metabolism and much more about blood sugar. I began to learn that food can have an adverse effect on both. Things definitely did not get better overnight, but the hormone support helped. What I really was curious about was why there had been an imbalance in the first place, and that started me reading and studying. I began to question some of the science that I had been taught and some of the things that I just assumed were true. It would be more than a year later when I found the book, It All Starts With Food. I purchased it on Amazon. I read it from cover to cover in about two and a half days, and I decided to give something called the Whole30 a try. And it changed my life. Now, the Whole30 is very popular today, but when I did it in August 2012, there wasn't even a book called Whole30. It was really just in its infancy. Now, when you purchase the book Whole30, this is what you read in the preface. We know this is hard. It may not be as physically challenging as birthing a baby or as emotionally draining as the death of a loved one, but changing the way you think about food is hard. Our relationship with food is an emotional one. Food is our comfort, our reward a trusted friend, a mother's love. You've got food habits, traditions, and associations that go back to childhood. You can't even imagine how you would live happily without certain foods in your life. But guess what? I did it. I not only did it for a full 30 days, I kept right on doing it because I felt so good. I felt good for the first time in, what, three years almost. And just as a review or introduction, if you're not aware, the Whole30 does not allow you to consume any sugar. No maple syrup, honey, agave nectar, coconut sugar, Splenda, Equal, NutraSweet, Xylitol, Stevia, etc., etc. You do not eat any grains, no legumes, or dairy. What you do eat is meat, seafood, eggs, vegetables, fruit, and natural fats. Okay, so feeling good for the first time in a long time. But I still held the opinion that I could fix myself. And once I was fixed, I would go back to eating quote unquote healthy. 
the way that I had studied and lived most of my life. So for Thanksgiving that year, since it had been a long while since my family had had delicious fluffy Sunday yeast rolls, I decided to fix it all. The cornbread, the stuffing, the cookies, the pies, and I ate and enjoyed. It tasted fabulous. My family went to the movies that night, and about 15 minutes into the show, I had the sensation that I had been hit by a dump truck. (laughs) I could not keep my eyes open. My head was throbbing. I couldn't focus on the screen. I actually leaned over and told my husband, I feel so sick. I wonder if it has something to do with what I ate. Golly gee, you think? Well, here I am, seven years later, and still on the learning curve. Now, my message today is not that everyone has to do what I did, but my message is that what you eat absolutely matters, and it absolutely affects how you feel, not just your digestion, but your brain and how you process information and how you experience emotion and how you feel systemically. And just for the record, I am linking in the show notes to books and podcasts and all kinds of resources that I have found to be very helpful on this, my personal journey to healthier So what I want to do now is share two overarching science-based realities and then five personal principles that I follow and then 10 more practical tips, sort of day-to-day stuff that will help you improve your relationship with food and make reaching for healthy food easier and more doable. Okay, here we go. Reality number one, hormonal troubles start with overcarbsumption. <laughs> the chronic overconsumption of super normally stimulating nutrient-poor carbohydrate-rich foods is detrimental to your health from a hormone perspective and from an inflammation perspective. All of the chronic diseases that are so prevalent today are the result of inflammation. Reality number two, managing your blood sugar is critical for long-term health and wellness. Okay, here are Stacy's five food principles. Number one, focus on foods that do not have an ingredient list. If it comes in a box or a bag and it has an ingredient list, please make sure that that list is short and that you can understand all of the ingredients listed. Okay, number two, don't drink your calories. It kind of blows my mind that in most grocery stores, supermarkets, there is an entire aisle that is dedicated to juices and flavored waters and energy drinks and electrolyte replacement drinks. All of it, all of it has so much sugar or artificial sugar 
It's just really, really not a good idea. I try really hard to just drink water. Okay, principle number three, fat is your friend. <gasps> what? Okay, you guys, this is the exact opposite of what I was taught and what I believed for most of my adult life. Dietary fat, saturated fat even, and dietary cholesterol, they're not the demons that we have made them out to be for so long. When you are eating good natural fat, you're going to be full and you're going to be fuller longer. So stop being afraid of fat. Principle number four, rethink breakfast. What? What do you mean rethink breakfast? I will tell you. Breakfast foods, that's kind of a uniquely American thing. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but cold cereal with skim milk and orange juice with a side of toast is not a very smart way to start your day. Better is an option that won't raise your blood sugar at all. Eggs and spinach and avocado with tuna fish. Fish? Oh yes, fish is like one of my favorite breakfast options. I love to cook up a little piece of tilapia or salmon for breakfast. That's my new power meal. Much more a breakfast of champions than Wheaties ever was. Sorry, Tony the Tiger, that's just the truth. So rethink this whole idea of breakfast foods and start to think of the fact that you eat two or three times a day and you just eat. You just eat good, real food and there isn't certain food that you eat in the morning and certain foods that you eat at night. Broccoli, you can totally eat it first thing. Trust me, it's delicious. And finally, principle number five is give your body a rest. And by that I mean, try to create a 12 to 14 hour fast once a day. This is such a gift to your digestive system. It's a chance for it to reset and it's so important. And it's a lot easier to do if you're eating really good nutrient dense with plenty of fat foods at your meals. I'm gonna be honest, I'm a huge dark chocolate lover, so I quite often have two squares of dark chocolate and some tea before bed. But then I just wait a little longer in the morning before I have my breakfast meal. It still works. I get my treat and my body gets to rest. Now, as I share my 10 tips for making this healthier approach to food more doable, keep in mind that these are my tips, that it's been truly so many years that I have paid attention to how I feel after I eat and which foods keep me satiated and feeling even all day long. Number one, full fat dairy. If dairy doesn't bother you and you're going to eat it, then don't take the fat out, okay? Buy the really yummy, creamy yogurt without all the flavorings and sugar that's been added and then add your own fruit to it. 
Sometimes I even add a teaspoon of homemade raspberry jam. That is so much less sugar than the store-bought kind. And I sprinkle a couple teaspoons of a nutty granola on top. Totally delicious. Okay, kind of in the same category, but number two for me is coconut and almond milk. One cup of cow's milk has anywhere from 12 to 14 grams of carbohydrate. Coconut milk has zero. Almond milk, a good almond milk, has one gram. So if you're going to make a smoothie or bake or whatever you would do with milk, substitute dairy, cow's milk, for something that has less natural sugar. Okay, number three, hard-boiled eggs. You guys, eggs. They are so healthy and they're delicious no matter how you prepare them. But I love having a bunch of hard-boiled eggs ready to go in my refrigerator. Um, Lately, I've been using my Instant Pot to prepare them and it's so easy and they peel beautifully every single time. But you can cut open a hard-boiled egg, pop out the yolks, mix it up with some fresh avocado and a little bit of healthy mayonnaise and put it back in and it's absolutely delicious. Eat it with some vegetables and you're totally full. So hard-boiled eggs, ready to go, do it. Okay, number four. (laughs) Are you ready for this one? You might want to sit down if you're not currently sitting down. Lettuce and spinach as bread. What? Okay, this is where you lost me. I was with you until right now because there's no way I am ever going to give up bread. And I'm not saying you have to. But think about sometimes replacing two pieces of bread for a sandwich with a bowl of spinach or lettuce that's been pre-washed and cut and is stored in your fridge so it's really easy to grab. You can make a delicious lettuce wrap. Have you ever heard of endive? Do you even know what endive is? I didn't know, but now occasionally I buy them and they're like little mini vegetable boats, little lettuce boats that you can put tuna fish in or chicken or all kinds of yummy proteins and and even some cheese and gobble them right up and they're delicious. So just make sure you have um, a base for your protein because number five is to always, always have some cooked protein in your fridge in addition to your hard-boiled eggs. So you need a Costco roasted chicken or you need some turkey meat cut up or like last night for dinner we had apple and chicken sausages and I slice them and cook them with a yellow and orange and red pepper and it's so delicious and I always make enough that I'll have leftovers so I can eat those in a lettuce wrap the next day. Okay, I don't even know what number we're on now. I think it might be number six, but number six is learn how to make bone broth and really yummy soup. Those are two of my favorite things to turn to, especially as summer turns into fall and the weather cools. Bone broth is not hard. Again, really helps if you have an instant pot. But you just throw in your chicken bones from the last couple of chickens and you fill it up with water and you add in some an onion and celery and maybe a carrot and pour in just a little bit of apple cider vinegar and set your Instant Pot to 90 minutes and open it up and you'll find the most golden, delicious, nutrient-dense, yummy chicken broth that you can drink by itself or use to make homemade soups. 
Is there anything that is more delicious and comforting than a really good bowl of soup? No, I'm telling you there's not. So forget the mother's love through a chocolate chip cookie and learn to make really yummy homemade cream of celery and cream of mushroom soup and butternut squash soup and vegetable soup and hamburger soup with chunks of tomato and carrot and zucchini in it and yummy, yummy hamburger. I am truly happiest when I have one or two different kinds of soup left over that I can choose from for, ready for this, breakfast or any time of day. Soup for breakfast. Try it. You're going to thank me. All right, where are we? Like number seven. Okay, I happen to love nuts. Macadamia nuts, walnuts, almonds, cashews, all of them. So I have a tendency to eat too many because as good and healthy as they are, they are very caloric. So I bought these little glass jars and I'm going to link all of this in the show notes and they hold just the right amount of nuts. So I pre-measure my nuts into these little jars and I keep them in the pantry. And then when I want a snack, I just grab a jar of nuts or I can grab it as I'm headed out the door. If I have to run errands or drive kids around, then I have just the right amount of nuts to snack on. All right. Speaking of nuts, good fats, you guys get acquainted with the fat that makes your body happy. Keep some black olives in your fridge. Have you ever heard of coconut manna? Keep some of that in your cupboard where you used to keep the peanut butter. Keep coconut manna. And if you come home and you're ready, you just have to eat something fast, then open up the coconut manna and take a big spoonful. And homemade mayonnaise. I know, if I didn't lose you back on the lettuce as bread thing, (laughs) you're like homemade mayonnaise. And trust me, I didn't even know you could make that by yourself. I thought you had to buy it in a jar, but it turns out you can use a really good healthy fat like an avocado oil that's mild and delicious and in five minutes or less you can make your own mayonnaise and then you mix it with chopped up cucumbers and tuna fish and it's so delicious it will change your life so just become acquainted with the fat that is good for you and then stop being afraid of it we already talked about that but keep it where it's ready and easy to grab okay i think we're at number nine Yes, number nine for me is cooked brown rice in the fridge. And you're like, wait a second. I thought Whole30 doesn't allow for grains. You're right, but I don't eat Whole30 all the time. Remember that Whole30 was a dietary reset that allowed me to pay attention to the foods that I eat and how they were making me feel. And I'm now to the point where I can reintroduce foods that I know my body loves and that I enjoy eating. And one of those is a really chewy, nutty brown rice. And I I love having it cooked in my fridge because I can add it to my delicious cream soup, or I can add a little butter to it and eat it with a hard boiled egg and some cashews. It's delicious. And then with some broccoli on the side, oh yeah, or Brussels sprouts, even better. Okay. Number 10, we're finally there. It's dark chocolate. Did you actually think I was going to talk about food without talking about chocolate? Actually, it's not dark chocolate, but it kind of is. Number 10 is healthy treats. 
Being healthier is not about being deprived. So whatever it is you love, I promise you there is a healthier version available. I have learned to bake delicious cookies and brownies and cakes with almond flour, with coconut sugar, with ingredients that are more nutrient dense and less stimulating, less detrimental to your blood sugar. Okay, that's it. Two realities, five food principles, and 10 things that I do that help me approach my food with a healthier attitude. Emphasis on the healthier. You guys, this is something that you do um, slowly over time. I'm all about baby steps one day at a time. Make one decision tomorrow that's better than a decision you made today. And expect to ebb and flow with your enthusiasm. Your commitment will cycle and that's okay. Read and listen to the experts. Again, so much good stuff in the show notes for today's episode. Self-talk, you guys, is critical. The most important thing that you can remember and remind yourself is that you are worth it. You are worth nourishing. You are worth the best, most delicious, most nutritious food that you can feed yourself. This is your wellness we're talking about. This is your energy and your sleep, your longevity and your future. My friend Amy Tangerine has a fun podcast called Craft a Life You Love. And do you know what she says in the introduction to each episode? She says, thanks for taking the time for yourself. What a gift. I love that. You have exactly enough time to practice loving self-care. Go do it this week. Make one small change that will serve you in a positive way. And then come back next week for another episode of Exactly Enough Time. P.S. Don't forget to send me a speak pipe message, or leave me a review on iTunes. You have one week to make yourself eligible for a really spectacular giveaway. Thank you.